0: So our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Laura Casey. Laura is the CEO at Cultivate What Matters, an amazing company providing you community and resources to make your biggest goals happen. And today we're gonna be talking about, you guessed it, goal setting. In this episode, Laura tells us how to cultivate a life full of purpose, and she's gonna be sharing her secret sauce with us for how to successfully set our goals. You're gonna love this conversation. Lara has amazing wisdom when it comes to setting up our year for success. And by the end of this episode, you're gonna have the tools and the motivation you need to set your goals, both big and small, and stick to them. But before we dive in, I have some news for you guys that I'm so excited to share with you. Guys, registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life, officially opened up again today. That's right, you can go and register on loveyoursinglelife.com right this second. Guys, I'm so excited about this and I would love to have you join us. Teaching this course is one of my favorite parts of my job and it's because God has been doing the most incredible things in women's lives through it. I got an email a while back from an amazing woman named Melissa and this is what she had to say about the course. She said, Stephanie, thank you. I wish I could hug you a million times over. You have no idea what Love Your Single Life did for me. Just about a year later, I am newly dating the most amazing guy, but I don't wish for a second that he'd come into my life any sooner. Last year was the best year of my life as far as finding purpose and living fully, and I credit so much of that to you. I mean it. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to cry if I spend too long thinking about her words, so let's talk logistics. Guys, if you haven't had a chance to check out the course yet, here is what it's all about. Love Your Single Life is the only digital course and study for Christian women that teaches a step-by-step system to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in this four-week course. We talk about how to really start enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. I'll share with you a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling and your passions, and how to invest in yourself in this season. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive while you're single, because unfortunately, it does not wait until we're married to show up, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends, even when you're in different stages of life, and that's just the beginning. Guys, registration for the course only opens up two times every year. And so make sure you go and sign up today. You can find out all about the course at loveyoursinglelife.com. And that link will also be in the show notes. So you can find it there. And the other thing I wanted to say is that I know some of you guys may be listening to this after February, and that is totally fine. I hope it's warmer outside when you're listening to this because it's very cold when I'm recording this. Um, But even if you're listening to this in a totally different time of the year, go ahead and head to the website anyway. Again, it's loveyoursinglelife.com, and you can put your name on the waiting list, and that way you will be the very first to know next time the course opens back up. I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, now without any further ado, here's my conversation with Laura. Friends, I am so excited for my new friend that I get to introduce you to today. Laura, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Okay, so I know that so many of the women who are listening have already met you and already feel like they're best friends with you, which I just love that the internet does that. That's so fun (laughs) to me. Um, But for anyone who doesn't feel like they're your best friend yet. Um, guys, get ready. You're about to. Laura, can you tell us like who you are and what you do? And I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for a fun fact.
1: Yes. So I am um, a mom to three. I have three crazy kiddos. And I am the CEO of a company called Cultivate What Matters. And we help women to do just that, to cultivate what matters right where they are, right in the thick of it, in the mess. <laughs> um, and I'm just super grateful to be here because I love so much of the work that you do for cultivating relationships, for one. Oh, That's something we're really you. passionate about doing, too. And so really grateful for what you what you do.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're sweet. Okay. Well, so hit us with a fun fact. I don't have a okay. clue what you're going to say, so I'm excited. Yes. my My fun fact is that I am very, very passionate about gospel music. And
1: I think that if I could have somebody else's life, I would want to be a gospel singer. So if you turn some gospel music on in my house, you better get ready. <laughs> that is
0: amazing. Okay, can you? I have a lot of fun. Can you sing? <laughs> yes, I have a degree in music theater. Oh, okay, okay. So, that, well, that's was super legit. I feel like maybe, <laughs> maybe like act two in your life is is gospel music. Maybe there's I, a future I in this. I really
1: hope so. I don't know. Like sometimes we just break out in a little praise party or in my house with the kids. But um, yeah, I really enjoy it.
0: Oh my a gosh, lot. that's amazing. Well, Laura, I really like you. And <laughs> if I didn't like you quite as much, I would put you on the spot and ask you to sing for us. But I really like you. And so I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs>
1: you my friend thank you very it's much it's always <laughs> tough when people
0: my my sweet mother-in-law was on the podcast um at the end of last season and her fun fact was that she knows all the words to jesus christ superstar like every single one of them and it was all <laughs> i could do not to be like uh it." but i'm oh, like oh, yeah but i love you so i'm yes. not gonna make you perform in front of all these women <laughs> Well, that's amazing. I'm so happy to know that. So Laura, I love that you already talked about cultivating a life that matters. And I know you talk about this so much. You have so many resources and just tools that you provide women with to help them achieve their goals and to help them figure out what their goals are and to help them sort of like narrow in on what their life really is meant to be about. And so I know that when we Speak and teach about something. It's usually because we've had to learn about it the hard way. <laughs> <Yes>. unfortunately, <laughs> uh, it would be great if we could just teach about things that we just sort of know about. but usually, there's like kind of a painful road walking up to it. Um, so can you yeah. give us a snapshot of your backstory? like how did how did these topics come to be so important to you? You hit the nail on
1: the head. I feel like we always are passionate about the things that frustrate us the most. And yes. when I look back on my story, I spent so many years chasing all the wrong things chasing what I thought was success at the time, more followers, more in my bank account, more, more of all the things that, um, as you know, are fleeting. And I was chasing those things at the time because I thought that that's what the world says would equal happiness. Yeah. And so I would work till all hours and I was really doing it to escape from a marriage that was crumbling at the time. And, um, our marriage just went through so much heartache in those early years. We were like two ships passing in the night and sometimes like butting heads in the night, <sighs> all, all the things. Um, and it was in that time that I felt like I was escaping to my work because my work became my worth hmm. and I had no boundaries really. Cause I just was so desperate for someone, something to say, Laura, you're enough. And, I think we all can imagine where this ended up. I burned myself out. And when you hit low points in your life, it's always these wonderful, beautiful opportunities that the Lord uses to say, hey, I'm still here. Or, hey, (laughs) look up. I'm taking care of you. Even though you're making all these mistakes, my grace is sufficient for you in this weakness. So the Lord kept nudging me in those times of feeling like the bottom was falling out. And eventually really got my attention and um, our marriage by his grace. And I, I really mean it. That's not just like religious talk to me, like truly by his grace, our marriage completely turned around. And because of that turnaround, it was not an overnight thing. So as I'm telling you this story, it took like a good, like three years for our marriage to turn around. So don't think it was a quick thing, but little by little, he worked on our hearts little by little, he changed my heart. And he taught me how to be a gardener. And I don't just mean like a literal gardener out with plants in my yard, but how to tend to the things that matter over time instead of chasing after instant, overnight, fast, all the things that really don't add up to a life. Um, and it's from that heart that I do all that I do now of trying to help women to know that there's a different way to do life that real good things, they do grow over time, not all at once, even though we want them to grow all at once sometimes, we think. But the real good stuff of life is cultivated over time.
0: I love that. I um, I was telling you just before we started recording that the first time I came across you, um, you were speaking at a conference that you and I were both at. And I just, as you were sharing, I had this like flashback memory of at one point when you were talking, you were sort of the you were the last session of the night. And as you were talking, I think at one point you had everyone lying down in the dark on the floor at the yes, conference. I remember that. <laughs> Which is amazing because I feel like when women go to conferences, you know, we go in our like most carefully selected outfit and, you know, so all <laughs> right. of us in like our heels are trying to get down on the oh, ground yeah. and just crying because you just... Like invited, got into our broken places, but I'm really grateful that you share about your marriage because I think that marriage, talking about the hard parts of marriage, is actually a really hard thing to do. Um, We've talked about this on on another episode here on the show, but I feel like it's hard to say like things aren't necessarily going super well for us without people thinking that you are on the brink of like divorce. Like you can't say. It's like the equivalent of saying, I think I'm coming down with a cold and someone rushing you to the emergency room. You're like, I I need some (laughs) some help earlier, you know, and and no one panic. I'm already panicking a little bit. No one panic. Um, And I remember as you were sharing about your marriage on stage, super vulnerably, I remember women, and I can't remember like exactly how you facilitated this, but women who like, seem like they have everything going for them and, and have it all together and the perfect lives are standing up going, my marriage is barely hanging on. Like, I'm struggling. And you just create this really safe space to talk about the things that aren't going well. And so I just want to, this is totally not what this <laughs> what this episode's about, but if there are women listening right now who are just really struggling in their marriages, can you give them, like, just a bit of encouragement and maybe like one step they can take today to, to get some help.
1: Yep. I would say you don't have to fix it. I thought I had to fix it. I thought if I could just be better at marriage or if I could be more perfect, or if I could convince him to change, we would be better. And I learned that that is not God's economy. That's not how it works. I, I kept that, that phrase that we often hear that she believed she couldn't. So she did kept running me in my head. And now I know the deeper truth, and that's she believed she couldn't, and so God did. Mm-hmm. And so the first step I'd say is, and, and if you're listening and you're there, I'm sure you've already done this a million times, but if I could go back and tell myself something, it is believe in what you can't yet see. Just believe in what you can't yet see. God can do the impossible. He can. And it may not happen overnight. And in fact, it may get worse before it gets better. That's what it was for me. Our marriage got, at least on the surface, it seemed like we were having more arguments before the Lord got a hold of my husband's heart and turned him around and turned me around in the process. But believe in what you can't yet see, God can do things that are far beyond our abilities and we don't have to fix it.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you. Okay. So I feel like we could talk about this forever if I don't get us to what we're actually supposed to be talking about today.
1: Um, I appreciate you inviting that though. That was that was great. Thank you for asking that.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing. So I, I'm so excited to have you on the show right now in the year because I, we're going to be talking about goals today. And I know that this time of the year is when, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all set new goals. And this time of year is when we have all uh, either forgotten about them or totally failed mm-hmm. or just basically given up. Um, so I feel like all of us, as we're listening right now, are going. uh, Don't ask me about my New Year's resolutions. Like it's February, (laughs) they are gone. (laughs) They are gone. I have not changed. Um, And so I, you know, I know that creating sustainable, actionable, game-changing goals is actually your specialty. And so that's what we're here to talk about. And but before we kind of dive in, I have a million things I want to you know pick your brain about. But you have a unique way of thinking about goal setting. And I've actually heard you say that you don't like goal setting, which is sort of mm-hmm. opposite to everything I just said. So can you <laughs> tell us tell us about your specific way of thinking about goal setting?
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I think people are always shocked when I say that. But I mean, I think nobody likes that. Nobody likes traditional goal setting that you just pick a goal out of thin air and then you feel super guilty about it come February when you give up. But it's like you look at your goal and you think, well, of course I gave up on that because it didn't really matter to me. I just chose it out of thin air or... I took on more than I could handle or I bit off more than I could chew. So let's just leave the goal guilt behind (laughs) as we begin this journey into goal setting. Yes, Um, uh, I don't think anybody likes that. And so I personally would end a year and I would just get really frustrated looking back at a year that I lived and I would think, man, I could have made progress on the things that really matter, the things that have an eternal impact on my relationships, On things that last longer than me, on on even things like drinking more water every day. If I could have just remembered, Mm -hmm. first of all, to do those things and then tended to them little by little over time. Because, like I talked about, even with my marriage story, I think we are all conditioned, especially as women, to want change. We want to change things overnight because we're pretty good at that. We're pretty good at taking a project and making it happen or swooping into a situation and solving problems. But That is a very quick way to burn ourselves out, especially with our goals is to want to do it overnight. So the long answer to your question is yes, I do not like traditional goal setting because it does not focus on what really matters. And that is the big picture. So with goals, I I always come back to this key question, which is where do you want to be when you're 80 years old or 90 or (laughs) hundred, whatever (laughs) it is in your mind? Where do you want to be in the big picture what will matter to you then? And also what won't matter to you then? And then you connect the dots to today. So if relationships will matter to you in the big picture, how are you planting seeds for that little by little today? And to me, that that is over the last 10 years as I've studied goal setting, as I've made mistakes along the road myself, it is that question bridging the gap between that question and where we are right now that, that good
0: things really start to grow. I love that so much. So my gosh, my brain is like, I'm immediately thinking of all these different (laughs) goals and like, oh my gosh, yes to this. Um, so tell us like, I, I've heard you talk about cultivated goals. Is that what is a cultivated goal? And is that how we bridge that gap? Like, how do we, how do we actually do that? If we, how do we, first of all, figure out where do we want to be in Mm. however many years? Like talk us through this process.
1: Yes. And I, I love that you asked that because I think it can be really daunting. And I think of so many times in my life after I graduated from college, especially, and in that first time in my like early professional years, if I can call them that, it was more like, and I still feel this way many times, like bouncing around, trying to figure out who I was and who God says I was. um, It's a really hard thing sometimes to look at the big picture, but we'll back up a little bit to cultivate means to literally means to prepare soil. So like I live in North Carolina in the farm country. There's like a, an Angus farm down the street. I've got a cornfield on one side. We have mustard greens on the other side. So I see this play out in my everyday life all the time that um, in probably about three or four weeks, the farmers are gonna start to prepare their equipment and then come early spring, they're gonna start to till up those fields. They take these big machines out and they literally dig into that earth from the winter and they start to mix it up. They mix up the soil, they add in nutrients into the soil to prepare it for new growth. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of cultivating our lives is the same we, we dig up the old roots of the past, the rocks, the distractions, the hard things. Um, and we don't necessarily get rid of them because it is these transformed remnants of the past that actually make really good rich soil. It's not about having a perfect life. I mean, if you think about out in the garden, Compost is made of trash, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yes, like it's, it's like old banana peels, eggshells that actually once that decomposes in the soil, it really makes the best soil. And God uses our broken pieces in the exact same way. So a cultivated goal takes into account all the things that we've been through. And on a very simple level, it's like not rocket science. Um, it is taking a look back at maybe the year you just lived and what went well, what didn't. That's part of like tilling up that soil a little bit just to say, Hey, what can I learn from the past? Mm -hmm. And so we look back before we look forward because the past has a lot to teach us. And then looking at that big picture of, again, where do you want to be in the big picture? Sometimes if that's hard to envision, I always start with the opposite. So where do I not want to (laughs) be? What is is not going to matter to me then? Maybe it's like, How many likes you had on an Instagram post or what people thought of your career choice or whatever it is. Sometimes it's easier to define the negative. Yeah. And then a cultivated goal is really a goal that has a why. It's something that, so for instance, I'll give you an example. One of my goals this year is to grow a faithful life over a comfortable life. And how am I doing that? I'm having a no spend year. I'm trying not to spend money on things that I don't need. (laughs) And that sounds like a good goal, you know, Yeah, sounds like a worthy goal. But for me personally, my why is so strong that it's actually been so easy for me to do because it matters so much to me. I want my children to know what it looks like to be a woman or a young man of faith. And um, I want them to see me choosing God over material possessions. And so to me, this has an eternal impact in it. And that motivates me to... Keep going, <laughs> yeah, and to make those good choices. So, if a goal really matters to you, that to me is a cultivated goal. It's a goal that you've dug below the surface. It's not just a surface goal. Um, it's something that really matters to you in the big picture. That's going to keep you moving through the imperfect progress that you're bound to make.
0: That's so good. I love that. And it's funny, um, <laughs> your your goal is much larger than mine. <laughs> in this specific instance, but, um, my husband, Carl, and I have been doing a no spend January and we're, you know, buying as little as possible. We're not shopping. We're eating in, we're not eating out, which is so tricky because we are such restaurant people. Like it's our, (laughs) it's like our, our hobby. It's our treat. It's our date night. It's our everything. And so we, I mean, it's been so tricky, but so good. And we, you know, we were talking about it last night and we can already feel, just sort of a a reset when it comes to how quickly we spend money, how thankful we are for the things we already have. It just, it's amazing how even just, I mean, it's only been a couple of weeks, like just a couple of weeks can, can really change things. And I'm very, very impressed that you're doing it for a year. That's much longer than, than one month.
1: Well, I think that's, that's like a tricky thing. So when you, it's easy when you hear someone else's goal to, to compare, you know, I do it all the time. I think, oh, that person's doing that. Wow. That sounds really hard. I don't think I could ever do that. And I think that's where this process that we walk through in goal setting is so different because it, you start with, okay, where does the Lord want me right now? You know, what are, what are the things I was uniquely created for and what are the things that didn't go well? Like we talked about in the year that I just lived, um, that I, again, uniquely can do moving forward. So, um, I think it's super easy. Maybe some people are listening or feeling like I just can't stop comparing my goals to other people. I feel like my goals aren't big enough or my goals are too big or whatever it is. Do whatever works for you. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Well, and I think when we are looking back at our our years, each of us are in a different place. We all have different things going on. We all have different things that God's trying to teach us. And, um, you know, an example is my church here in Nashville um, is finishing up a a fast um, that they've been doing for the last like 21 days. And um, they were really wonderful to talk about one, how important fasting is in scripture. Like Jesus doesn't say, if you want to fast, that's cool. He says, when you fast. Um, And so it's, it's something that it's a spiritual practice that matters that he tells us to do. But um, our church was really great at talking about all the different kinds of fasts you can do. And some people were fasting from, you know, different food in different ways, doing like the Daniel fast, but the fast had to look different for everybody. And like, I'm an example, the uh, women listening know that I've been kind of dealing with a, with some anxiety over the last year. And one of the very first things that my doctor told me to do was to eat regular. Regularly. And so it is mm. totally not, it's not a good thing for me right now to like go without some degree of food for the next 21 yes, days. It just totally. isn't. And so <laughs> um, so we've been fasting different things like sugar and things like that, but it's, I think yeah. we all need to, to look at our own selves and our own circumstances and where God has each of us. And one good, one thing that's good for someone is not going to be good for somebody else.
1: Yeah. So true. So true. And I think that's where, you know, it's, we think we want to open the Bible and find this checklist for goal setting or find a perfect list for our lives. And that would really negate the need for you to walk with God step-by-step, you know, like I, sometimes I want to open the Bible and say, okay, God, just hand me my goals for the year. (laughs) What page is that on? Um, let me do it like everybody else does it. But, um, that's, it's a really beautiful thing that we have the opportunity for our goals to be different. And like you said, different based on the season of life that we're into.
0: Yeah. Can you give us some, you know, as we're looking back on our year and asking questions about what went well, what didn't go well, can you give us some just like categories of things we might look at? Just because I think sometimes it's sort of like um, asking about a fun fact. The second someone asks you about a fun fact, you cannot think of one fun thing you've ever done in your life. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's like, like look back on your year and you're like, uh, is good. So uh, what are some, what are some categories (laughs) that we can start to like think through so we can start to identify some things that we might want to see change. Yeah, I think
1: in general there are, are about eight traditional categories, and you can make up your own categories. But um, health is one area, um, and these are just categories of areas of life that we tend to have to make a whole person. So uh, we have health, we have our friendships, we have maybe a spouse or significant other, and. I'll put a caveat there that maybe your significant other is your roommate (laughs) right now or um, a significant key figure in your life, someone who disciples you maybe, someone who's just very close to you. Uh, Another category is family. And again, that might apply to your church family or your native family, you know. Um, And then finances, spiritual growth, work, uh, recreation, (laughs) things like taking time to enjoy God's creation. And again, you can make up your own categories, but those are typically the places I check in and I say, okay, how am I doing in each of these areas? Um, How does God think I'm doing in each of these areas? Because again, it's not about holding your life up to somebody else's and saying, well, my health is not as good as that gal down the road who has a six pack on her house. I got a little extra room from having two kids in my tummy, but it really is just a, a way for you to check in and say, let me look at the soil that I've been given right now. Yeah. And what needs nurturing? What needs a little bit of extra nourishment and what can I focus on just in the season ahead?
0: So as you're talking, I think that we we fall in different places in terms of how we how we set goals or I don't know, kind of how our brains work. And I'm such a like list keeper, um, such a I don't know, like I'm ambitious. I so I'm immediately thinking like w- this is what happens to me every year around New Year's is okay. I'm gonna have four goals for each of those categories, and then and and yes. I bite off <laughs> way more than I can chew, and then you know yep. come February I can't even remember what goals I made because they were because I made seven thousand. How yeah. how do we like what suggestions do you have for uh, overachievers like myself? <laughs> <laughs>
1: First of all, I think it's pretty common. I'd say that um, it's actually the way that the Lord wired us is He he wired us to be creatures that change. Like we have such an incredible capacity to change because of the way He made us. And so when we see opportunities for refinement or change, we want that. Yeah. <laughs> we would just think, okay, I have aligned myself with what He says about me and I think he wants me to grow more in, you know, prayer or whatever it is. Okay, let's do this now. <laughs> yes. But one of the best ways to step back and make sure that you're doing it in a way that is sustainable is just to understand that all good things grow over time and to spread it out. So for instance, you might take, like you said, a big picture goal. Um, let's just use the example of finances. Yes, that's a good um, one. Say you have a really big finance goal. Maybe you want to pay off some debt or start to pay off some student loans or whatever it is. That can be really overwhelming if that is your goal and that's what you're working on starting in January, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to do what's called breaking it down. <laughs> you got to break it down, uh, and it might make you actually want to dance break it down too. But what I try to do is take just a few of my big picture goals and break down mini goals out of them. And again, it's not rocket science. So for instance, my no spend year, big goal, but what am I doing about it just in the season ahead is I'm doing my friend, Nancy Ray's contentment challenge. Um, and you can Google her and find all the details about that, but it's basically like you said, Stephanie, a fast from spending on unnecessary things just for a period of three months. So do I know what I'm going to be doing for the next quarter after that? And the one after that? No, I, cause I don't need to, I don't need a, a perfectly mapped out plan, but I have a good starting step. So the answer to how do you not burn yourself out is you got to spread it out. Maybe a goal sounds wonderful, but maybe it's not right for right now. Yeah. Um, there are lots of things like lots of little um, like topical Bible studies that I really want to do. And be great if I could do them this month, but I know myself now (laughs) and I have, um, just put a post-it note for February and March to start those then so that I don't burn myself out.
0: Yes. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Like you can work on this at some point. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to tackle them all
1: right this second. Yeah. Yes. And you just have to be your own best friend in that way and say, okay, if I were to end this calendar year, whatever time period is, maybe end the month, whatever, feeling like I spread this out enough to where everything had time and space to grow well. Because I mean, you know, there's nothing worse than feeling like you bit off more than you could chew. You grew too much at once and everything sucked the life out of everything else, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I've been there so many times. The burnout is real. So how do you, how do you, you know, accomplish goals over time, um, without burning yourself out. is just knowing that it's okay to take time for them. Hmm.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. So do you have like any sort of, you know, as we're spreading things out over time and, and I know it's different for every person and each goal is different, but like, do, do you have any sort of guidelines for like how many, areas we focus on at once or, you know, how little that we need to make the bites in order to accomplish a couple of things at once. I'm thinking like, okay, if we mm-hmm. have a goal of paying off, you know, a quarter of our student debt this year, and we also want to, you know, work in some more, more exercise because I feel like none of us get enough and we want to also drink more water. Like, so those are just mm-hmm. kind of three random ones, but how, like how many things Can we bite off any suggestions when it comes to sort of volume, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: a great question. Um, I, I think there's not a one size fits all answer, but I I'd say that you have to ask yourself, what is this goal going to cost me? Because everything has a cost and I'm really talking about time cost. So to use the example I said of, I have a, I really want to do a study on God's heart and what he says about our hearts. And I know that I didn't have the time budget, if you will, this month to be able to invest time into that. But I know that I will have more of a time budget come March and I'll be able to do it then. So I think it is looking at, and I, I just go month to month. I, I don't plan my whole year out. I just month to month, I say, okay, what are my commitments this, this month? And I use our tool, the PowerSheets Goal Planner to walk me through this. And it asks you, what do you have on your calendar this month? What are the to-dos you have this month? And then you add in action steps for your goals so that you're not adding too much to your plate, you know? But I don't then think that that there is a one-size-fits-all, here's how much you should take on. And I think actually that's, I love that you asked that because that is where we fall into a trap. So if you have a goal of, say, paying off a certain amount of student loan debt by a certain amount of time, I would just push push on that a little bit and say, Why? you know, why that time frame? Is it because that sounds good or, you know, it could be any goal, you know, whether it's finance or fitness, wellness relationships, it's always coming back to the why. Because I, I know I do this, like who says you have to accomplish a goal within this calendar year. I remember the first time that I set out to read the Bible from start to finish. I thought, okay, I have to do this in a year because that's what people do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, but that's not how it happened. And I made a lot of imperfect progress along the way, just like all things are. And I did end up reading the Bible,
0: but I did it in a year and a half. I did the exact same um, thing. I think it was about really? eighteen yes. I think it was about eighteen <laughs> months. I totally made it through, but it was yes. a Bible in a year and a half. The Bible in a year. Yeah. Yes. A Bible in a year and a half. Yeah. I think we should redo let's that. Redo that um, yes. <laughs> yes, let's redo that plan. Yes. Yes. redo
1: that. I think we just kind of make up these timeframes for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, if the Lord says, read the Bible in 90 days, get to it, girl, you know? But yeah, I think it's just, I personally, if I were going to, you know, map out how much time am I going to spend on each thing? I just have to ask him. I know that sounds like a cop-out type of answer, but it's the truth. Lord, what do you want me to spend my time on right now? What do I have on my plate already that I'm responsible for? And what, what more time can I tack on for other things that you want me to grow over time.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Use as directed. Clariton, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls' Night. We love having you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: You said the words action plan um, or action steps. What do we, once we have, you know, some areas in, in mind that we want to make some progress in, um, which I feel like that's, that's what you're saying. It's not check something off, which gosh, checking things off a list feels so good. Um, but really it's, (laughs) it's making progress in, in a starting to walk in the direction we want to end up in. How do we do, how do we identify some of the steps that we need to take in order to like take a next step.
1: Oh, I am so grateful you asked this. So to me, this is the secret sauce and it is so simple. And in fact, it's so simple that we miss it a lot of the times. So I'll give you an example. Going to the dentist seems to be something that when it's on my list, it stays on my list for a long time, probably too long. Cause I just don't like going to the dentist. Um, yes. And it seems like this looming thing, this like overwhelming, Oh my goodness, it's going to take so much time to go to the dentist is what rolls through my head. But when I break it down and I really like on a granular level, think about what it takes to go to the dentist. Here's what it is. The, the action steps are sit down on my computer, open up my laptop, type in the name of the dentist to find the phone number, pick up my phone, dial the phone number and so on and so forth. And that's the thing is we, and I, I see this like 99% of the time, the reason why we end up falling off the horn with our goals is because we try to do too much at once. And we don't take our action steps down to these tiny minute levels where they're so simple that we can't help but take action on them. So now going to the dentist is super easy because I know that it actually only takes me like two and a half minutes to make the appointment with the dentist and Going to the dentist is also no big deal because I know how much time that really takes. Um, I've kind of taken the overwhelm and the emotion out of it. And when you break it down to this tiny level, it becomes really doable. I mean, you can do almost anything if you break it down into action steps, you know? Yes. Paying off a huge amount. We talked a lot about student debt. I mean, I remember those seeing those numbers and thinking, I will never pay this off.
0: <laughs> yes, this will be here forever.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, but... Um, It's like if you've read Dave Ramsey's book about the debt snowball, once you really get that going and even things like investing, that feels really overwhelming to me. But when you look at how interest compounds itself over time, same thing with our goals, the little tiny steps we take forward, they really do add up over time.
0: I love that. Gosh, about a year and a half ago, I, I released a new devotional that I just love. God's been doing the coolest things through it. But I remember writing it and when i sat down to write it i thought okay let's do 90 days like let's have this be 90 days long that was my goal and i thought 90 days won't be that hard like i'll knock it out and i'm telling you like four of the days in, I was like, I don't have another word to say. How in the world am I going to get to 90? And then, you know, I mean, it was the same thing after they were written. Well, then I was like, well, I'm almost done. And then I had to go back through and edit them, which it turns out takes forever. (laughs) And at one point I remember writing down, I made like like a sheet, a, a checklist and each you it was day one, day two, day three, and I had a little box next to it because I needed something to check off after I finished that one day yes. just to prove to myself that I was making progress. And it felt in the middle, especially on like day 45, like I would never get through it. But I mean, it's been a year and a half and the devotional's done and out in the world. And it was so worth it. But um, I feel like breaking it down into steps was so was so helpful and getting to to watch those steps little by little get checked off it just, I feel like it kept me, kept me going. And actually that's the next thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, I feel like a lot of times setting, setting our goals is the easy part, but it's the following through that's hard. And so when it comes to February or March or, you know, the middle of the, you know, day 45 of 90 days when you're like, (laughs) I cannot anymore. um, How do we, how do we keep up the momentum and the motivation? And like, how, how do we where do we find that, that like keep goingness? ness Yes. Us? I love the keep goingness. That's a good phrase. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I, I write words sometimes. Those are not my I best. Like it. I, like <laughs> it.
1: No, I like the keep going That's a good one. I think first of all, it's understanding that, um, change is not something our brains like, like they really don't that our brains like pattern, our brains like habit. It's just the way we were created. We were created for rhythms really. And so when we swoop in on January 1st and say, hey, brain, we're about to change it all. (laughs) Um, Our brains get really upset and it actually feels, and you probably felt this at some point, when you start something new or you try a new skill or you read a very difficult paragraph of a book somewhere, trying to wrap your head around a concept, you feel the physical tension. It just feels like, oh, wow, this is hard. Like nobody talked to me at the same time because I have to focus. Um, And that's your brain um, being shaken up in a way. And so understanding that about our brains is actually super liberating and freeing because um, as we are cultivating these new habits, maybe, or maybe it is every day you're trying to remember to drink more water at 12 noon or whatever it is, it's going to feel hard at first. Um, And I think that's one reason why we jump ship on our goals and we don't follow through is because we think, shouldn't this be easy? Um, If this feels hard, doesn't that mean I'm doing something wrong? No. No. If it feels hard. That means your brain is changing. Keep going. And You never know if that next step you take is the one that helps it to be easy. Um, mm-hmm. it just takes your brain some time. So I think number one is understanding that about ourselves. I mean, that's helped me personally so much in the last few days. There've been many times I've thought, oh man, I don't want to do this again, but I remember why this matters in the big picture. I'm going to keep going. My brain just hasn't been able to catch up with this new pattern. Yeah. And eventually it'll be easy. But the the next part of this is when you do feel your momentum waning is doing what I just said, which is always come back to the why, why are you doing this? And if your why is pointed and in his direction, uh, you can't lose. You really can't. He will direct your steps. It's not going to mean that you're going to have a perfect outcome like you thought you would, but if you keep Mm -hmm. going in his direction, he's going to make something materialize. I mean, I can't count how many times I've set out with a goal and he had a better end goal in mind for me.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: But I still set out on it. You know, it's like the verse about how Apollos planted the seed. We plant the seeds. God's the one that makes them grow. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes. So when you feel that motivation waning or you just need a a reset, come back to why, why do I have this goal in the first place? Why does this matter to me? What is this going to grow in the big picture? And then I always ask myself the opposite. What if I don't, (laughs) you know, what if I keep going the same direction I've been going in? What if I keep doing the same old things I've always done? Is that going to be fun? No. So, uh, it kind of gives me a little kick in the pants to keep going.
0: Yes. I love that. And I love, I mean, I feel like that drives home why the why is so important because if our why is like, I want to lose five pounds because my next door neighbor is five pounds less right, than me. Like right. that's the most ridiculous why ever. And yeah. when it comes time for like cheesecake, you are absolutely giving in <laughs> because I feel like cheesecake is so much better than that stupid goal, yes. you know, yes. but if it's, but if it's, you know, my it's, if it's your health or if it's, you know, the doctor said that I would be so much better off in this specific way. If I could, you know, be more intentional with what I eat or, you know, yeah. how much I work out or something, yep. then it's like, okay, well, this is a much bigger, much bigger thing yeah. um, than, you know, wanting to keep up with my neighbor.
1: Yes. I, and I think your example is so good because that's another thing to understand about our brains is that they vote, they always go towards things that will help the, you to survive or thrive. So if you are not making progress on a goal, maybe it's because it's not something that really has any stakes for you. Like for you, you know, you're not going to skip meals because there's stakes involved for you, right? Right. Maybe literal stakes. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, (laughs) Um, but uh, I got you. I got you. It's like uh, exercise for me. I I felt like last year I kind of like dabbled in doing some weight training here at home. Like I don't have a gym membership because I I just chase my three kids in the morning. But I've become (laughs) a little bit more serious about it in the last few weeks because I recently was diagnosed with a neck injury, and (sighs) I just feel like, mm, and I mean this not in a super morbid way, but in a really like God centered way, my days are numbered. You know, it just like jolted me back to the perspective of this world is not my home. I'm just passing through and I want to use what the Lord has given me well, so I can play outside with my kids for as many years as he'll allow me to. And so to me, there is a, there's stakes for me with exercise. Now it's not about a number on a scale, It's not about what I look like not even about how strong I am. It is, I want to use what he's given me to love other people. So I'm going to do this. No matter how many times I mess up, I'm going to keep going.
0: I think that that... Uh, I'm so glad you shared that. I, I think that the no matter how many times I mess up, I'm going to keep going thing is such a big deal. One of my goals for this year... And I was tempted to be like, this may seem small compared to... <laughs> Never mind. So let me back that up. Yeah. Um, but one of my goals was uh, I love I'm I I love my Fitbit and I've had the same old Fitbit for several years and I love just being able to to put one small step yeah. or like one you know take one small step and then another small step and literally um, just moving and and having that be something that's just my goal for the day and I was doing so well for the first you know week and a half of January <laughs> um, I've been really really good about it in other seasons of life but I just sort of you know fell off the wagon at the end of last year. And so I was doing really well at the beginning of this year. And then I had to go home for a family funeral. And it was like, what am I going to do? Like walk around the outside of the house in the snow. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's so, so there were like five days where I didn't do it. And, but now I'm back home and now I get to start up again. And I think that that's, I can be really all or nothing with my goals. And and I do think that once we've been doing something for a while, it's easier to keep going. It's hard to start up again. But I think that the difference between, like, I read the Bible in a year and a half and I still have never gotten through it is, you know, I just chose to keep going, even though I chose to
1: keep going. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. We don't like imperfect starts. We want perfect right off the bat.
1: You know, we don't like things to take a long time. But the truth, like, you, you know now, and like, I'm so grateful to know now too, is um, all good things grow imperfectly, and yeah. the, God's timetable is very different than the world's.
0: I'm really glad that you said the thing about rhythms too. I think um, it, it is hard to to get a new skill or a new something sort of under our belt. But it, and, and I think when we're starting something, it feels like I'll never get good at this. This yeah. will never feel natural to me. I, when you said that, I was thinking about um, like budgeting and. I don't know, anything that falls under the category of like adulting, like hunting <laughs> yes. for health insurance and yeah. dental insurance and making contentious appointments and, you know, t- figuring out where your dollars are going and doing uh-huh. something intentional with them. And I remember, you know, in the first, it was the first year or so that my husband and I were married. That was so hard for us finding, combining our finances and figuring out what bills we had and like mm-hmm. what day they needed to be paid on and yes. who had the password for what. Yep. And like, I mean, we, we let things last. Lie- because we didn't know who was responsible for paying our Comcast bill or something like that. And I just remember that being so hard and so frustrating. And I felt like we would never get a handle on it. And I mean, it's been a couple of years of intentional work and trying to figure out who's in charge of what and getting some good password savers and, you know, (laughs) auto pay, auto paying our bills and stuff, but truly like all the things, but really, I mean, we've gotten so much better at that and it's not stressful for us anymore. And I can't, I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, four years ago, like, keep going with this, keep doing the budget thing, even though you're messing it up, (laughs) like keep going because you will... (laughs) this will get easier and this will feel more like a rhythm. And so now like we never fight about money or health insurance or whatever. It's not the headache it used to be because we just have gotten in a rhythm. We just stuck it out long enough. Yeah.
1: And it just takes time. It's like tree roots. Like they don't grow overnight. And a lot of, uh, construction people, they like to put trees that grow very quickly above the surface in the yards of new homes. Cause it'll sell a house faster But, you know, a nice old winter storm like we had here last night comes along and those trees just snap right off. Um, It's because they have Mm. not had time for those roots to grow deep. And I don't know about you, like, I want the deep roots. (laughs) I would rather take deep roots and a tiny little tree above the surface any day. And it just, it takes time. I love that example you gave. So good.
0: Well, I love, you know, I've seen you talk about growing slow for the last couple of years and it's so grounding for me because I think especially, I mean, it's true with everything. It's true with exercise or paying off debt or Mm. in our work. It's so easy to want to to be frustrated that that whatever it is, isn't progressing faster. Um, And I can definitely feel that way in every corner of my life. And I feel like every time I see you post something about growing slow. It just reminds me that it's not, we're not looking in any area of our life. We're not looking for a flash in the pan. We're not looking right. for miracle growth. We want something that is going to last yeah. and is going to sustain. <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I really can't think of anything good that just turns up overnight. Yeah. Same here. Yep. I can't remember who was talking about this, but I was talking to someone about this when it comes to um work and they were talking about how easy it is to to think, gosh, wouldn't it be great if something I did just caught on and like went viral Ooh. online? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, something I say, everyone catches on to it, and then the next day, you know, you're on the today show or something like that. Right. And I remember this person, she was talking about, I think of maybe a friend of hers that she saw that actually happen to. And she was like, you know, when they were sitting there on the today show, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. the The infrastructure wasn't like it wasn't prepared. It's and and you know I think we get I talk to women all the time who are wanting to start blogs or podcasts or things like that, and it's like okay, my mom and her friend are the only ones reading my blog, and I totally remember feeling so frustrated by that at the Mm -hmm. beginning too. But it's like thank God that it's only your mom and her friend because. You get better the more you do it, and the yep. longer you do it, and so by the time you are on the Today Show, you're ready to talk on the Today Show. Yes, um, yes. the whole so the true. process. There's such so much um, like purpose and growth and preparation in the process. Uh, yes, and expediting it doesn't actually get us to where we're I we feel like my be. heart is doing cartwheels listening to you totally. <laughs> 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 so good. I love it. It's so tempting to be frustrated by that. And I feel like, you know, another thing that's really tempting for us to feel um is just this, you know, usually self-imposed pressure to be perfect. And I know you've talked about this a lot. Can you just like just speak some truth to us? I know that you've said mm-hmm. that striving that as you've sort of let go of striving and perfectionism, it's totally changed every corner of your life. Can you just like just talk to us about this? Yeah.
1: I I think I'm having an aha moment just sitting here. I feel like the Lord is saying, you know what this is? Like perfectionism is is the world. Like that is us comparing ourselves to the world. And that's where the striving comes in because when you have this unrealistic expectation of, you know what, my life is not like hers or like they say it should be. So I'm behind, you start to feel this undue pressure to perform. And that's where life gets all sorts of messed up. I've been there so many times I can't even count them. but it's the times I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but the times when I let go of that, these moments of humility, when I say, you know what, I do not exist on the world's timetable. And, um, he called me to be me, the the woman he created me to be not somebody else. Um, and you know, do I really want that person's success? Like when I really think about it, do I want that right now? The answer is generally no. <laughs> um, I think that, yes, I have gone through so many periods of striving for perfect, and it really is an issue deep below the surface of where am I finding my worth? Um, you know, I, I, we, we probably will always struggle with this in our lives, and that's why we need to come back to the Lord continually and just be in His presence and hear what He has to say about our lives. Uh, but I, I especially remember this in college, just just the constant pressure to perform. And even after college, this, who am I? What is my identity? Um, constant questions about my worth. How, what am I going to do to make it in this world? And I think if I could go back and tell myself something, it is slow your roll. <laughs> uh, slow it down. Listen to what he has. And then you won't waste so much time on all these other things that the world says you should do. You will be more focused on doing what He wants you to do. So yes, I, I just want to say yes. <laughs> have I struggled with this? Yes, I have. I think we continue to, but that's why we need the Lord. We need to always um, have a little come-to-Jesus moment constantly by opening our Bibles and saying, what does the Lord say about me and my life? This that I'm reading in the Bible right now doesn't look at all like what I'm saying on Instagram, so... I need to keep my eyes here.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, Laura, I love that you. I love that you were talking about like continuously going back and um, having a come to Jesus moment and and looking at scripture and asking ourselves like, does this look like? Does my life look like this? Is this mm-hmm. um, like what am I what am I shooting towards? Do you have or what am I shooting for? Do you have some like just any other thoughts? You know, distractions and mm-hmm. it, like it's so easy for us to make our lives about something that it's not supposed to be about. It's so yep. easy for us to get sidetracked. And especially when we're doing things like making goals, yeah. I, I feel like figuring out what it's not about is, yeah. is, like you said earlier, such a huge piece of it. Do you have any other other thoughts on that?
1: Yes. I am doing what I'm about to tell you I'm doing right now to myself. And that is remembering whose voice I should be listening to. So I intentionally take weekends off of social media and it's not like about following a rule in my life. It's just something I've done for the last eight years that kind of keeps my heart in check so that I can remember again, whose voice I should be listening to. And so right now in my life, I am, I feel like I'm in a constant process of pulling away from the world and moving more in his direction. I, I hope to always be doing that. It's not like you arrive at a destination and you're done with it, but turning off all my phone notifications, um, turning off all the like unfollowing people on social media that are not, uh, you know, helping to build my faith, whatever it is for you. Like you said, Stephanie, turning down the volume on all these things that are, uh, Telling us information constantly. We're just in an age and time when we are overloaded with information and we do it to ourselves. And here's the thing. My final encouragement is you don't have to do that. Like you actually <laughs> don't have to use social media at all. And I know I yes. keep, keep harping on social media. You know, social media is not the enemy. It can be a really, wonderful tool when used well, but it tends to be a distraction. But whatever it is, you know, for anybody listening, whatever it is for you, whatever that thing is that you feel like just keeps knocking you off your rocker and makes you feel less than or pulls you away from that deep abiding peace that you have in the Lord, consider letting go of it. (laughs) You know, just consider who says I have to have this in my life. Um. Who says yep. I have to be checking social media? Whatever it is for you.
0: Yeah. I think we can break
1: our perceived rules a lot and find a lot of freedom.
0: I love that. I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, a couple years ago, it was sort of when I was like fully diving into Instagram for the first time, which Instagram is so much fun. And so I'm, you know, diving in and finding all these amazing people who are doing amazing things. And But I was spending a lot of time on it and I was following a lot of people. Like anyone in the world who was doing something beautiful and creative, I was following them. And I remember this one morning, I'm crying to my husband telling him, I feel like nothing I do is good enough. My house isn't cute enough. I'm not Mm. small enough. I'm not like dressed well enough. I'm not successful enough. I don't spend enough time with my friends. I don't spend enough time with God. I don't, I mean, and my list was enormous. And he goes, Stephanie, who in the world is telling you, you have to be all these things. And I remember showing him like, well, this person does this and this person does this. And he was like, Steph, That person is like a fashion designer. That other person is a chef. That other person actually decorates homes for a living. He was like, you are combining all of these people who are really good at one thing and only talking about the thing they're good at into one example of who you should be. And I remember him telling me like exactly what you just said. You do not have to follow all these people. Uh. And I um, sort of came up with a, a filter that I started using that day and have never stopped using. And I call it the tall, small filter. And every, like, when it comes to all the things that are, you know, giving me information, TV shows, magazines, people I follow online, you know, whatever the thing is, I ask myself, does this make me feel taller or does this make me feel smaller? And I think for a lot of things we would say, well, it's sort of in the middle, but there's so much information in the world that I I think we need to pick. I think we need to say, if it's not taller, it's smaller. Or, you know, we just have too many voices. And I really did that day. I unfollowed probably... 800 people, yeah, which is, that is crazy. Good stuff right there. But <laughs> it's so amazing it how like, no, I mean, I was thinking even just yesterday, like how, how little comparison has been bothering me lately and how, how, like, I feel like I'm running my own race and doing it in the time that's right for me. And it just, that has not always been the case. And I think that, you know, really editing who we're listening to and really deciding what voices get to tell us things. I mean, it was just so helpful for me. I love, I love everything that you just said about that.
1: Mm, That's just such good affirmation for me too, to hear that because again, I need to do even more. Like the Lord wants my whole heart, not just, 99.2% of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Love it.
0: So, um, I know that you have some incredible resources for helping women as they are setting goals and trying to figure out what they want their years to be about, what they don't want their years to be about. Um, as they start taking small steps in the right direction, can you just tell us like, just resource us. Tell us what you have for us and <laughs> what and how you can help us. Um, I really would love for the women listening to be able to walk away with a next step of like how they can really put some of these things yeah, into, into absolutely. action.
1: absolutely. I love that. I love the way you describe things. Resource us. That is so good. Yeah. So you can find many more tools. Um, you can find the power sheets, goal goal planners, the system that I use to tend to my goals little by little over time at cultivatewhatmatters.com. lots of great free encouragement there too. Um, but you can also find me at my own personal blog where I share my journey each month of how I am tending to the things that matter to me in the big picture in monthly and weekly and daily steps, um, at lauracasey.com. You love that.
0: Laura, any last, like just encouragement for women as they're trying to figure things out, as they're looking for direction at the beginning of this year, as they're trying to pursue some goals, just, I would love like a last pep talk from you if yeah. you'll, if you'll give this one.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's never too late. I think one of the reasons why so many people are captivated by the new year, why it, it is a holiday in itself is because we want a fresh start. Like we want so much to be made new. And here's the really cool part is we literally get that every day with the Lord. We wake up, His mercies are made new every morning, not just on like Tuesday and Thursday, but all the mornings. It is an incredible gift that we have to know that uh, every day can be our January 1st. So my final encouragement to you is look at your calendar right now and whatever day it is, write
0: Happy New Year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that so much.
0: Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, that was a joy. Thank you so much. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You'll never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you'd take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So, would you do me a huge favor and take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And a huge thank you to all of you who've left those beautiful five-star reviews already. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. Okay, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and you are going to love this one. I'm so excited about it. Okay, see you then.